The views expressed in this podcast are solely those of the speaker. This podcast is for informational purposes only and is not a substitute for professional medical advice from your own physician. Okay, uh, thank you guys for joining us. Uh, as we know, spine surgeon often assess the success of surgery based on surgical outcome. Uh, surgical outcome may include uh, patient support outcome, radiographic, psychological factors, medication intake, and disability factors. Uh, over the past decades, we see more and more physicians using functional outcome measurement to assess their, fun- their patient's disability. Uh, the, the physicians that are using functional outcome measurements, along with the promise, uh, promise data and radiographic data, can get, give a more robust information about the patients, uh, hopefully to create more patient-specific treatment plan. Yeah, with the advancement and technology, uh, advanceable kind of uh, wearable technology, these things are coming, becoming more um, kind of widespread in its use. And I think this is something that will kind of take us into the next step in the future in spine care and being able to take care of patients who have these complex uh, spinal issues and problems and being able to just track their care. I think it's a uh, up and coming technology. That's something that I look forward to kind of seeing the next what's to come from it. Yeah. So Edison, let me ask you a question. What does a wearable device mean to you as a spine surgeon? Yeah, a wearable device to me, um, you know, starts out as everyday devices that people use like a Fitbit, smartwatch, uh, their smartphone or even smart clothing that they use uh, typically to collect uh, activity and health data for themselves. But uh, translating that into more clinical, uh, clinically relevant uh, information uh, to track post-operative activity levels, um, maybe translate that into something that's more uh, functional like Uh, angular data on how they carry themselves or uh, activity that they uh, do after a a major surgery or even maybe before uh, to help track um, changes that are meaningful to the surgeon and for the patient's outcome as well. Yeah, and we see more wearables in the sport field when actually consumer using the wearables to improve the performance basically and improve the life, uh, the quality of life. We see a bunch of runners using also over these smartwatches and they're all about the heart rate, the steps, I mean, the miles per day, uh, et cetera. But however, these robots can be used clinically. I mean, we can track our uh, patients in the rehab uh, phase in their life. We see if they're walking like they should walk, or if they're walking more than she should walk and give us some red flags uh, to use it. So, uh, Webb, let me ask you a question. So, what are the components of uh, wearable devices and what they actually can measure? Yeah, so there are a lot of great components to wearable devices. Um, they're, it's, they're lightweight, usually, uh, cost-effective. They're, you know, they're in these things that you can get kind of over-the-counter, pretty cheap, and um, don't, doesn't cost a lot. They are something that's uh, not really intrusive to our daily life, so you can have one of these wearable devices on, not even um, really know it and just kind of go about your day. Um, But it can monitor certain aspects, uh, such as Dr. Woods mentioned, the heart rate, um, your steps, how many steps are you taking? Um, It can monitor your oxygen levels, especially with the Apple Watch. And there's some wearable devices that can measure your electrolytes and 
the amount of glucose that's in your body that's important for diabetics. So I think there are a lot of great applications. Um, you know, there's a lot of new, newer technologies and companies that are coming out that um, can really assist us as surgeons in better taking care of patients, so. Yeah, now I'd like to talk more about the components of wearables. So uh, the most common one is accelerometer, which we had with Fitbit, basically tracking uh, motion. Yeah, inertial IMU, inertial uh, measurement units, basically. Uh, it's a combination of uh, acceleration, uh, gyroscope, and uh, magnetometer. This is what the future gonna hold for us. Uh, so let me ask you both of you a question. Um, so what are alternative for wearable device? So how are you guys assessing functions with your patients right now? Yeah, so there's the uh, patient outcome uh, measurement information system or the PROMIS system uh, that can be used now uh, that collects really good information, but it has limitations with um, subjectivity, uh, personal bias, and sometimes can be time dependent. So that can be somewhat limited. Uh, whereas a wearable device, you may be able to track over a, a longer period of time. Uh, it's objective data, you know, you don't ask it questions, it just gives you data um, that's very objective um, that you can go off of, rather than uh, like the promise information, so. Yeah, yeah I, I agree. There's functional outcome scoring systems that we use that, you know, have limitations. Um, you know, we do physical exams for patients pre-operative, post-operative um, in the office, but that just gives a, you know, a single snapshot in time. I think having a wearable device can um, monitor from a longitudinal standpoint over time. You know, how the, how's the patient doing in terms of their activity, their, their walking ability, uh, their posture. Those things are some aspects that uh, we kind of are limited in, in terms of uh, obtaining um, in the, the current situations and uh, my current practice. Yeah, and for more sophisticated solution, uh, some physicians are referring to a motion lab for a gait analysis. Um, gait analysis can provide you a detailed report of the patient's functions, starting from kinematic, how fast are the walking, range of motion of each joint, uh, amount of sway, um, total sway, range of sway while they're standing uh, or bending over. Um, neuromuscular um, data like muscle onset, magnitude, what muscle they use, the clock contraction, uh, coordination between the muscle, or kinetic data like a pressure, pressure med, ground reaction forces that can basically calculate the forces applying on the patients. However, uh, gait labs are not always available for all of us, uh, and if they're available, they're not always covered by the insurance. So sometimes the patients need to pay out of pocket or the clinic have to absorb the cost of gait, gait analysis. On top of that, the maintenance of a gait lab is pretty expensive. Uh, usually you need to hire at least one, one PhD and a couple master's um, uh, levels to run the lab and to provide you all these details uh, report. Uh, this is what wearables is a good solution to, I won't say replace, but be alternative for a full gait uh, gait analysis, basically. And we see more and more papers coming out, uh, not in spine, but in other orthopedic fields, uh, that actually showing the benefits of using wearable device on patients before and after surgery. So let me ask you, uh, um, Edison, so based on your knowledge, uh, in other orthopedic fields, what are wearables they are using and how they're using it? 
Yeah, it's becoming more uh, common for uh, wearable devices to be used, such as like orthopedic sports uh, and uh, with stroke uh, hip preservation, uh, areas like that in orthopedics where they are able to track over time their activity levels and their patients. Uh, the smartwatch is one that's used frequently to, uh, by patients to track you know, caloric uh, intake and, and uh, caloric use through activity levels, heart rate, um, O2 levels, and things like that, um, that we can translate into usable data for a spine surgeon. Um, and those things are, are currently used in you know, orthopedic sports, uh, stroke, and other, other patients, but largely in uh, spine, those have been exploratory sort of areas that haven't been breached yet. Yeah, so besides the wearable, which is the most common uh, uh, item we have right now, we start seeing more and more smart clothing, especially in the sport, uh, sport medicine arena. We start seeing uh, smart shirts, smart sleeves uh, to detect shoulder and elbow uh, injury. We see a bunch of accessories like rings, I mean necklaces, uh, ear pods, those can track also kinematic uh, or steps or any other information. Yeah, also in the military as well, uh, using a lot of wearable devices to uh, just monitor soldiers and you know the people that are on the front lines. So a lot of times at these remote locations, uh, there's no provider or way to, let's say a soldier has some medical condition that needs to be monitored. But I think that's a useful application uh, for it, as well as kind of in the, the actual fight itself. So a lot of the wearable devices such as iPads, the soldiers that are on the front lines, they're wearing these devices that can send information back to transmit information um, that we didn't have before in the past. So it's, um, you know, a lot of applications for that as well. Yeah, and, and we also we want to keep our soldier healthy. Mm -hmm. So this got a good way to detect if they're doing more that they should do, if they're bending more the trunk that they should, especially with carrying all these heavy loads, uh, bending too much. So we want to pull them off the front line, treat them, and then send them back healthy. So, uh, Webb, let me ask you another question. So, how wearable device can help you in spine care? Well, there, I think there's a lot of added benefits of wearable devices. Um, patients that come in and we're able to just get a single snapshot of their, their objective history in, in terms of what's going on with them at that point in time. Um, some patients, they don't take medications when they come in to see me as a provider just because they, they want to, uh, they don't want anything that interferes with uh, their symptomatology. So uh, wearable devices can serve an important role in terms of monitoring a patient's activity level after surgery. Uh, it can send an information to me that keeps a snapshot or over the week or two weeks or over several months and how, how is this patient doing? And, in terms of their post-operative care. Are they walking too much? Are they not walking enough? How's their posture? Are they wearing their brace? All those things that can um, really assist me as a surgeon in terms of better taking care of patients and uh, better managing their care. Yeah, and I wanna echo you, echo you on that. I mean, there's not a lot of information what the patient is doing right after surgery, right? Obviously, we don't wanna pull them 
uh, bring you to the clinic a week after or mm -hmm. two weeks after, but all those like microstectomy and small yes. procedures, patients actually start functioning the, the next day. Yes. And there's no other information uh, right now uh, out there or publication on that, which wearable device can provide us information. Yeah, on top of that, I wanna uh, just mention that unfortunately, our patients uh, becoming younger and younger. And we start operating on patients in the 30s and in the 40s. Uh, this generation already own a smartwatch, I mean a smartphone, and they're more open and willing to take care of the treatment pill and be committed to, uh, to, to get better, basically. So I think this is a great opportunity and it's a nice window that we can use to push these wearable devices and, and, and use it more for better outcomes. Yeah, and I think the maybe the next step uh, going forward in the future of wearable devices and spine um, may involve artificial intelligence and predictive algorithms that um, may be able to predict uh, an injury or prevent injury uh, going forward and also give us some more detail about the mechanism of injury as far as uh, wear and tear or certain activities that put someone at higher risk. Um, and additionally, I think it helps the surgeon really connect with patients on a, um, to really make them aware that their surgeon is following their care on a longer term basis rather than every couple weeks or six weeks. Uh, it makes them feel like your surgeon is a part of the care uh, whenever they're involved with something that's a continuous process like a wearable device that uh, puts data you know, into the surgeon's hands and the patient's hands. That's the reality there. Yeah. So all good and promising uh, hopes we got over here. But let's talk about the limitation or the challenges that actually are with wearables. What are your thoughts about that, Web? Yeah, there's some people that may not feel comfortable just, you know, having someone monitor every aspect of their care. Um, there are a lot of people, especially the younger generation that are into iPhones and technology. And there are some people that just don't want to be a part of it. So I think that's one limitation. Another limitation would be the privacy concerns with um, you know, transmitting um, confidential data. Um, I don't think that part has been quite figured out yet, and um, that's still something that um, has to be worked on. So I think uh, privacy concerns and also just people kind of adopting the new technology. Yeah, and on top of that, battery life. So yep. you're basically adding an hour test for your patients to make sure the charging, yep. the smart the smartwatch, make sure the wearing uh, the sleeve, wearing the braces with the IMU yeah. sensor and it. So this is another aspect of that. Okay, so to sum everything up, so what is your take home message about wearable devices in SpineCare? Well, I think it's, there's a lot of promising um, data that's, that's kind of out there and, and hopefully more to come. I think as we advance uh, spine care and develop new technologies, you know, um, just having wearable devices is just one part of that. And being able to monitor patients before surgery and after surgery and help make decisions based off of that, I think that's uh, very promising for wearable devices and I'm really excited to see where it takes us in the future. Yeah, yeah very exciting. Uh, I, I just wanna say that, you know, a combination of functional outcome measurements, which wearable device can help us collect more data of that. But taking a combination of these funco functional outcome measurements with the common, I mean, radiographic and promise and bone density 
and uh, motivation can provide the surgeon a better picture or better assessment of the patients. And hopefully we can start doing uh, patient-specific treatment based on the functions and based on their motivation. Yeah, I agree. I think that uh, wearables can really bring uh, another dimension of data to uh, the surgeon and patient in the pre-operative, perioperative, and post-operative period that uh, is really objective and kind of tie everything together. Uh, that's uh, the future, you know, possibly of wearables.